Today's New Testament reading is from Galatians, the first chapter. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he, who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his Son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said he used to persecute us, and now is preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome the Reverend Dr. Charles Geeshan. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Christians are taught to think before we speak and to be careful lest we show too much frustration when we are addressing a problem. In our world of political correctness, people sometimes lose their jobs over saying what is on their mind. We are taught to be calm, cool, and collected in the face of controversy. The Christian approach, so we sometimes think, is to promote peace and harmony at all cost. Our text from the first chapter of Galatians is a wonderful case study 
on how the Apostle Paul approached a serious theological problem in a Christian congregation. Paul is the picture of patient diplomacy in most of his letters, always following up his initial greeting with a thanksgiving for God's miraculous work of faith, hope, and love in the congregation that he's addressing, even when there are some serious things going on that he needs to address. With the Galatians in this letter, however, we see Paul taking a much more hard-hitting approach, zeroing right in on the problem and confronting it with refreshing bluntness. Unlike all of his other letters, Paul skips the thanksgiving when writing to the Galatians, gets right to the problem in verse 6 of our text in a very direct and unvarnished manner. He writes, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. That's pretty serious language. Paul's far from calm and diplomatic here. He is red hot and passionate. Why? Because the gospel that he had proclaimed was being perverted. He had preached and taught that we are saved from the condemnation deserved by our faults and failings, deserved by our sinful condition and our many individual sins, that we are saved solely by the grace of God through faith in what Jesus did in his obedient life for us, his death that served as a payment for our sin, and his victorious resurrection. But some were teaching that true Christians are saved not only by faith in Jesus, but also through their obedience to the Old Testament ceremonial laws, such as circumcision and dietary laws that were so prominent for Jews. And that is why Paul does not tiptoe around the problem. The very heart of the gospel is at stake. The assurance of salvation would be lost if the source of salvation shifted in any way from Christ's work to our works. That's why later in chapter 2 he writes, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. We learn from the rest of chapter 1 that Paul had experienced firsthand, due to his own blindness to sin and his own self-righteousness, which were exposed by the revelation of Jesus on the road to Damascus, he had experienced just how dangerous reliance on our own works is. So what does Paul teach us here? When the pure gospel, that we are saved by Jesus' righteousness alone, which we receive by faith alone, is being changed or perverted, we Christians must not sit quietly by and let it happen. Like Paul, we must passionately speak out. There are issues that should not be met with quiet detachedness, but with blunt conviction. That is what Luther did 500 years ago when the gospel of Jesus Christ was being clouded and perverted by teaching about works of penance and the purchase of indulgences. Although Jesus did not meet any of us with a blinding, as a blinding light on the road to Damascus, like Paul, we graciously had the blindness of our sin overcome in the waters of baptism and were saved by grace alone there, being clothed in Christ's perfect righteousness. In the idolatry of our 24-7 world of human activity, 
It's important that we point people away from our own work to the work that none of us can do, but that Jesus has done, living perfectly for us, dying in our place, and rising again for the salvation of all. If anyone says something other than this is the gospel, don't believe it or repeat it, but reject it with conviction. Amen.